on. The pastor is in. I'm program host Kip Allen. Let's talk as the program for the Christian layman, the Lutheran who believes, but has some questions. And in short, you know, the program's designed for someone just like me, because there's a lot I do not understand. Not necessarily something soul-shaking. It might be just something that's been bugging me for a while. And I find that rather than getting into a deep theological discussion, sometimes a casual front porch-style talk with a pastor is the best way to understanding. That's what this program is all about. Today's guest is Andrew Preuss. He's the pastor of St. Paul and Trinity Lutheran Churches in Iowa. I have my questions. I'm sure that you have yours. Well, you can send your questions at email at let's talk at kfuo.org, and you can try calling in at area code 314-821-0850 in the St. Louis area, or toll free at 800-730-2727 anywhere in North America. Now we are uh, <laughs> playing around here with our equipment. I'm broadcasting from home, and uh, Stephanie is at the station, and she's trying to, she's running the board. And we should have Pastor Preuss also there. And so we apologize if perhaps this is not sounding quite as professional and smoothly as possible, but as normal, but hey, that's us, and we're joining. Pastor Preuss, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me again. I'm delighted to have you. I tell you, it's been uh, quite a travel down here. I'm sure it is up in Iowa as well. So how are you and your family uh, weathering this? Oh, we're doing fine. Um, it's just kind of a different it's a different situation. Um, I think the, the most difficult thing is just adjusting to it all and, uh, and trying to uh, find, you know, trying to focus and, you know, remember to find peace in in Christ and knowing that God is the one who who kills and makes alive he's the one who controls all these these kinds of plagues and pandemics and so when we know who God is the one who sent his son to be our savior then uh, then we don't need to be afraid when uh, when things like this happen but but I will say that I spend a I do spend I have learned a lot I think about statistics since my wife my wife actually has a master's in statistics and so she's always talking about this stuff from statistical standpoints and stuff so it's, it makes for a lot of interesting conversations but <laughs> but yeah we're doing fine how are you how are you doing well we're doing pretty well here as well uh, as i said we're kind of scattered throughout the our homes and what andy uh, is uh I think maybe taking some time off, which he desperately needs. He's been running the uh, station almost single-handedly. Uh, I know uh, mm-hmm. Gary, our station manager, is uh, broadcasting from his home over on the east side, and I'm here in uh, University City, Missouri, which is one of the suburbs of St. Louis. Um, and so far, we're doing pretty well. And uh, it's amazing what we can do now with the software to reach out and to do things that we just normally could not have done, and certainly not a few mm-hmm. years ago. Now, I've been uh, speaking to my pastor. You know, my congregation is very small, so we need to, we're still we're, we're struggling through. We're getting through it. You know, we've got, we're small enough, and the church is big enough where we can sit down, and we have six feet <laughs> apart from each other. Oh, sure, yeah. And we made some arrangements for the uh, for the Lord's Supper. You know, the pastor will wear a glove as he gives us the um, as he gives us the host. 
uh, you know, a latex glove. Fortunately, his wife is a nurse, so she knows all about that. And of course, we can use the uh, little separate cups instead of the uh, the chalice for the uh, for the uh, wine. So we're getting along. But you know, you're in a bit of a different situation, Pastor Preuss. You are the pastor of two separate congregations in two different towns in Missouri. That's got to be kind of rough for you. Yeah, in Iowa. That's what you meant. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. It, it it is a, it is a little bit of a challenge. You know, it's again, it's different. Uh, I think that I would have loved to be able to do more what your congregation is doing. I think that's great that they're able to do that. And I'm trying to kind of get more to that. What I'm doing is is uh, having by appointment. Uh, I'm having communion services for those for individual households. So sometimes it's just one person. Sometimes it's a couple, like a married couple. Um, and uh, other times it might be, uh, you know, a, a small family or so. And that has, uh, so I've, I've made that available. Uh, and I'm trying to encourage more people to take advantage of that. I think that, um, you know, as we continue with this and we'll see, how things are at the end of April, but we really should, on the one hand, not be cavalier about it, not treat it as just like, as nothing. Um, But at the same time, we shouldn't be afraid to kind of consider if we're being, if whether we're being consistent or not. So, so for example, if you are, if you're on the one hand, we should we shouldn't we shouldn't put any burden on anyone, right? We we should uh, we should understand if people want to stay home, then certainly they should stay home. Uh, but at the same time, to think that you're going to go to the grocery store and be fine, but that you're taking you're not really taking much of a risk going to the grocery store, or you're willing to take a risk doing that, but that somehow it's going to be just totally out of the question to meet with six people. <laughs> you know, uh, at church. Um, it just gets a little bit, it gets a little bit silly and ridiculous. Um, but at the same time, I understand people can get kind of silly during scary times. So I think we gotta, gotta be sort of, uh, we, we, we gotta be very, uh, understanding where, where people are at, but I'm, I'm really happy to hear what you're saying, that your congregation is able to do that. And I'm trying to do similar things. Um, but right now, it's it's really I'm just recording my services so that people can listen to them and follow along from home. And I think people are taking advantage of that. Uh, and uh, and I'm having communion services available for people, which is kind of a short confessional and communion service. Um, again, I want to encourage that. I want to encourage people to do that, to participate in that, without laying a, a guilt trip on them at the same time you know i don't and so that, that i think that that is really the greatest challenge you know is to is to really get down to what is um what is the what is the one thing needful um i had a, a one of the other do you still have pastor swirla do you do you talk to him uh, on occasion oh, yes i speak to bill quite frequently okay yeah so he he recently wrote like he made a comment on on uh, Facebook, uh, which I really liked. And it was really just like a Luther. It was basically something Luther would say. Um, and I think he's just really absolutely right about this, that uh, that one of the really the main tests 
that we're going through is to see what is it that we're really yearning for? Um, are we yearning just for, are we truly yearning for the word um, and for the gift of salvation that's given to us through the word and sacraments? Or are we, are we simply yearning for kind of a, an old familiar habit, right? Um, of going to church. And that can be a very deceitful thing. Now, of course, we don't want to, we're not, we don't want to pit hearing the word of God and treasuring the word of God against going to church. I mean, that's why you go to church, right? The point is that it's a really difficult test, I think, for all of us and a very important test that we should thank God for, by which he's teaching us that the one thing needful is not in our own sentimentalities, right? Uh, but in, in the word of life. So, so anyway, that's what we're doing um, for now. I'm really glad to hear what you're doing and, and what your pastor is making available. I think that's great. Um, and, uh, and I think it's, 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 it's really important for us all to be understanding with one another uh, and to admonish one another and being faithful. Uh, and 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 understanding that we're all going to be in different situations, especially because I mean, your isn't the church that you go to in the inner city of St. Louis or something? Or it's, no, it's, no, it's not in the inner city. It's as I say, it's in um, it's in uh, University City where I live, which is you, one of the suburbs. Uh, it's the unusual suburbs, okay. in that it is a uh, it is uh, predominantly African American. Oh sure, okay, okay. So it's but it's um, but it's in it's in a a fairly densely populated area overall, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, would, yeah. So um so yeah, so I mean that that's obviously gonna be a different you know, different perspective than in rural areas as well. And so I think one of the one of the, the just the challenges with or without pandemic, um, with or without quarantine that a dual that the the parish that I serve uh kind of has is that we're so spread out. Um, you know, we're both my congregations are in Clayton County, Iowa, and it's uh and and they're the only two Missouri Senate churches in the county. Um and we have and we have people coming from really if you include the county a couple counties in Wisconsin, you you got people coming from five to five different counties. Um and so it's it, people are really spread out. And so you add on top of that an attempt to have some sort of, you know, service, it, it just makes it really difficult. <laughs> and, 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 and especially with people being afraid and not, you know, they're not going to, and that's something I've learned too, is that uh, people are not consistent and I'm not, you know, I'm not consistent. I mean, it's just, it's amazing how fear can make us just very, very inconsistent. Um, it's a humbling thing. I don't know. I'm kind of rambling here, but, but <laughs> what do you have to say? <laughs> well, that's what the dimes are for. Whoop. Yeah. 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 That's right. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. So that's uh, what we're we doing. Okay. Well, a um, uh, couple of things that come to mind on this one is uh, I was speaking to um, one of the pastors, one of the many pastors we have at the uh, IC and he came up with a really interesting observation about those of us who who do miss church during this uh, during this uh, period is that it's not a matter of fear it is a matter of love in that mm -hmm. we are protecting our fellow our fellow parishioners 
This is what we're yeah. doing. And we, we're sacrificing not actually going into the physical building, but this is we're doing this from love, not from fear. Yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And I think that's the that's the that's the approach at least that we that our minds should be set on. Um and uh, and that has been kind of the tune that I've been singing from the beginning on this. Uh you know, that that uh out of love for your neighbor you uh you you do not put yourself at risk, especially if you know that you're gonna be around others who are vulnerable. Now, since in the last couple of weeks, I have to say that my perspective has been changing every day on it all because it's just there's so much uncertainty. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that, that it's out of love. But at the same time, we do have our sinful nature, which is which is run by torment um, and not a true fear of God, but a, a fear of torment, as, as, as John calls it. So while we certainly should... Um, and th- this has been okay. This has been kind of, the, I think, a challenge for all of us that we should, out of love, not put ourselves in a position to that where we're, we might infect others, right? Um, but at the same time, uh, consider consider how we might be doing that outside of. Uh, con- so okay, if we're going to if if we're going to stay home and not go to church, fine. That's I'm not going to hold that against anyone. Yeah. But if we're going to be doing that and we're really that means we're really doing we're really serious about putting ourselves on lockdown. Well then find someone to to find someone to to get you groceries. You know, that that's kind of that's where that's kind of what I'm starting to that that's that's where I'm starting to 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 think from, you know, from that kind of perspective. That that uh, and I've I've offered to my to, to the members of my congregation, you know, if there's anyone who does not have someone to buy buy them groceries, then let me know. You know, we there are some of us who can go out and do that. You know, um, and it, not everyone can put himself on lockdown. That's just not possible, right? There's well, some people can, true. yeah. And, and, and but if we're not putting ourselves on lockdown, go ahead. Sorry. Well, in congregations where we have elderly members, especially, you know, the yeah. CMS, unfortunately, our, our demographic is getting higher and higher in, in age. And there are those who simply cannot go out to the store, cannot do anything. Exactly. And this would be something as our Christian duty, we're working through the church that yeah. we could we can get in touch with our fellow parishioners and say, gee, do you need that, help? Can I go to the store for exactly. something along those lines? Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that's where, so if we're going to take precautions when it comes to going to church, we should certainly take precautions when it comes to, when it comes to our daily bread as well. And, and so if we, if we have, so we, we, as the, as the church, and I think uh, that, that the pastors that I've seen, have been able to make the word of God available to people through other means. And that's a great blessing. And, you know, you have the internet, you have, you can broadcast stuff that way. You can call people, you know, I just, just a little bit before, uh, before uh, I was, I got called from your studio um, today, I was talking to uh, a fellow parishioner on the phone and able to give, give this, this individual, uh, you know, pastoral care, from God's word and encouragement from God's word. And that's a wonderful blessing to be able to have that. We have these venues. Well, we also have ways to provide daily bread as well. And so what I'm, what, what I've been thinking about just in the last couple of days uh, is, 
is, okay, so if, if you're not able to go to church, that's understandable, or you're not able to meet with your pastor, that's understandable. But consider then, if you're not able to do that, then you really should not be going to the grocery store. <laughs> you should have, someone should be providing for your groceries as well. You know, so that's kind of my point, is that we should try to be consistent yeah. here. And and not well, I, I just. I kind of disagree be... with you a bit on that point. I mean, I'm, I'm relatively, I'm relative, uh, I'm relatively healthy, uh, mm-hmm. but you know, it, I can go to the store, and I think, um, you know, if I were to go to church, uh, as I said, ours is wide enough. Our, our physical church is big enough so that uh, so that I can, we don't have to sit real close to each other. But it, I, I think that. In the cases where uh, there is a danger of uh, infecting others, you know, if you don't want to do that, or in, in out of love, you stay away from it. I, I don't see the problem of ourselves going to the store. We have to keep the body fed as well as the soul. Yeah. So my point is, uh, I, I under okay. So my point is that if you're going to the grocery store, you are more likely to get infected than you would if you were to just meet with your pastor alone at church and stay like a good distance away. Right. So I'm not talking about going to like an, like a big assembly at church and just having church and ignoring all the, you know, the precautions we're talking like spread out or even just one household per family. Um, So I think on the, on the one hand, you know, we should say to those who we should, we should not make, we should not, lay a guilt trip on people who feel don't feel safe coming to church. We don't want we don't want to do that at all. But I think a challenge also is for us to consider, okay, well, if I don't feel safe going to church, then you know, there are hundreds of people walking in and out of even a small town local grocery store every day. You know, that's so 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 this is so that that that's just what I, that's all I'm saying. You know, I'm not saying that uh that that you can that you have to go to like a big service you know with lots of people um but we should just simply try to be consistent here if you're going if 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 you're walking especially with a small congregation if you're if you're walking into the church um to uh you know to hear the word of god and even have some sort of sanitary way to receive the sacrament you are you are definitely a lot less likely to be exposed. If you're practicing the necessary precautions, you're definitely a lot less likely to be ex- uh, exposed to uh, to the virus than if you're going into a place where there is tons of traffic all day because people need to buy their... So so that, that's what I'm saying, is, is that those who don't... Those who... If, if we could... The more people we could get simply buying groceries for people the better you know just like we we have if you can stay if, if you can stay home that's great if you can stay home and you have the word of god to be provided for you from home great well we should try as much as we can now of course there's you can't it's, it's impossible to do it completely but then you know those who are if you are out and about it is just it should be to serve your neighbors and not just to serve yourself and if you're going to stay home um then it's good to have other people you know, serve you. So, so yeah, anyway, I don't know. Maybe you still don't agree with me there, but um, yeah. I'm, well, I don't, I, I, where, well, this is an area where pastors like you can really take the lead. 
where you can contact your parishioners, you know, and, and mm -hmm. actually set up a program like this. Uh, sure. And this this is a a real leadership opportunity, I think, for the church. Yeah, I absolutely. And and again, the challenge is to not lay a burden on people. You know, not make it about like making some guilt trip on them that they need to come and take the Lord's Supper, uh, because then that kind of defeats the purpose. And yet, we also want to encourage people to be wise and to consider, okay, um, am, am, am I am I putting myself at risk in other ways? You know, am I am I uh, uh, am I avoiding the assembly because of love or because of fear? And I think that's a good thing to okay, examine. Well, that's a good point. That's a good point. That's so, something I really hadn't thought of. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Uh, you know, we're coming toward the bottom of the hour here, and I think Stephanie is ready to give us a break. Uh, but there's a lot more I want to talk about. There's a bunch of things, questions I have in my mind on how we should handle this whole situation, how you're doing it, how we're doing it down here, and what are the alternatives? So, Stephanie, I'm going to give it back to you, and let's take go into our break. <music> with an invitation for your LCMS congregation or organization to become a Church of the Week for a gift of just $595. If you would like, you can split that into monthly gift payments. Also, if you commit to be a Church of the Week between now and Easter, in addition to 35 32nd announcements and your pastor or leader being on one of our programs, we will give you, for your pastor, a beautifully bound Luther's Small and Large Catechisms, compliments of Worldwide KFUO and Concordia Publishing House in St. Louis. This small and compact volume has Luther's seal on the front. The pages are gold-edged, and the inside print is plenty large, even for an older person like myself. So contact me to schedule your week. You provide the information for the 30-second spots, and we'll produce them for you. Our thanks to CPH for partnering with us. Call 314-996-1520 to schedule your week today. Friday afternoon on Issues Etc. We'll talk with Joy Pullman about major cultural changes the coronavirus should make happen. It's This Week in Pop Christianity with Chris Rosebro, and we'll play Issues Etc. Soundbite of the Week. Listen and vote in advance at Facebook.com slash Issues ETC. Issues Etc. Live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. <laughs> Pastors in. I have got Pastor Andrew Price from two separate congregations up in Iowa, and we are discussing how we can continue our worship, how we can continue our duty, and the problems that the pastors face and the parishioners face in this particular situation. Now, a couple of things I wanted to bring up to you, Pastor Price, is uh, one thing I had heard is we have to remember 
that we also worship with our gifts. And simply because we are not attending church because of these, this problem doesn't mean that we shouldn't drop off our contributions. You know, we can drive by the church and slip the uh, envelope underneath the door because the bills don't stop simply because uh, people have to stay at home. That's, yeah. that's one way to, uh, that, yeah, that, and that, that's a very real issue. Um, a second thing that I was thinking about are all the resources that we have available in terms of being able to hear the homilies and the readings and what have you. First of all, obviously here we at KFUO do this every day, and we also have all of our podcasts where people can actually go in and listen to any of the programs that we have, Vice Strong Word, Concord Matters, Sharper Iron, things like that. But also on the on the internet, on uh, on uh, you go to different sources. For example, uh, Facebook. Go to the LCMS Facebook page, and you're going to find pastors posting their sermons, or posting their their posting their thoughts, posting the biblical uh, the biblical uh, story. Same thing. You know, go directly to our site, uh, the LCMS site at KFU. Pardon me, at lcms.org, and you can get all of these wonderful resources. Something else that happened that I, I think is very interesting. Uh, I was reading. Uh, I was went to the site for the International Lutheran uh, International Lutheran Council, and so many of our partner churches: uh, Church of Australia, Church of Canada, of course, the LCMS, uh, Church of, uh, Church of Finland, the Brazilian Church, are all dedicating separate website pages to help their people deal with worship during this this pandemic. So these resources are available. And I think part yeah. of the things that we have to do, both as parishioners and as pastors, is to get the word out that indeed this opportunity is here for us. Yeah, yeah, it really is. Uh, it's it's a different kind of work. It's a different kind of busy. You know, in many ways, um, I'm not I'm not as busy as far as like driving around. You know, uh, this month uh, I haven't submitted my miles my mileage for the month of March yet to my, um, to my treasurers to, you know, to, to be uh, compensated for my, for my mileage. But I imagine it's going to be, uh, you know, less than average. And I'm, I'm imagining that April is going to be a lot less too. Um, besides going up to the, you know, driving up to, to, to McGregor once or twice a week. Um, you know, it, it, there's, so there is less of that kind of running around, um, but there's a lot more, lot more work on the phone, right? A lot of, mo a lot more uh, uh, efforts being made to uh, uh, to communicate with people, to improve the communication. And I think in the when this is all over, I'm hoping that we will have improved in many of these kinds of fields of, uh, of communication. Uh, you know, it's it, it's amazing to see how people do step up with their offerings in these times and with their talents. Um, you know, it's, it's really amazing. I, the, the kind of godsends that I've had of people who will, you know, I have one lady in my congregation who's just been awesome the last few years, uh, helping with sending out ma mailings and, and, uh, just really being very helpful in that way. And she's just been amazing during all this, uh, all this, this pandemic and quarantine and always asking, uh, if she can help out, but knowing exactly what specific things need to be done. I mean, it's just a really, really, really great things 
great thing to have, you know, to have someone who's so willing to and, and able to, to help out, um, you know, the communication with the elders and with, uh, with just all the, you know, one of the things I did the other day was I called almost every single one of my members on the phone, you know, just, good you know, idea. Just, uh, and, good idea. You know, and just one of the things that, and just throughout, just throughout the whole thing, I've just been calling people, um, who, <laughs> You know, just touch base with them, you know, uh, helping people with uh, asking if they have devotions that they're doing at home. And, and so it really is amazing the, the good that has worked, been working through all this. You know, it's well, that's one of the. Go ahead. Yeah. There, there was, um, you're probably too young to remember Woodstock, <laughs> but there was a, a was saying that went around. And, oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> that was an apple in my parents' eyes. That's a, yeah. Okay, <laughs> but there was this horrible rainstorm during part of it, and it almost washed it out. I mean, the weather was terrible during that. And one of the organizers, I think it was the guy who went by the nickname of Wavy Gravy, gets up in the microphone and says, there's always a little bit of heaven in a disaster area. <laughs> yeah. And, and you know, we're seeing some good news here, some yeah. good things. For example, you pointed out with your uh, travel expenses. Now, I know... I haven't bought gasoline in a month. <laughs> I know, isn't that's, it crazy? That's and, and, you know, I mean, I actually paid never... off my credit card bill to the to, to the gasoline company. I know that's right. Gas well, and and gas also hasn't been cheaper for you know for for years. So you know, you, you go stop, <laughs> go go fill up right now. I guess so you can. But yeah, it it really no, it is good to see the the silver lining um, of mm -hmm. the, the good the blessings that God's given uh, through it all. <laughs> And it again, it's a test, you know, and and it's an opportunity for us to examine ourselves and and ask. I mean, I've been doing this all the you've time. You've just hit on a very key point, Pastor Price. This is an opportunity where we can look at ourselves and what it is that we should do as Lutherans. Now, Luther wrote mm -hmm. a lot about the concept of vocation. Now, how mm -hmm. we can use our talents to do God's work here on earth, and this is a wonderful opportunity to sit back and say, okay, now what can I do now? What are my talents? What can I do to help yeah. praise God, to help fulfill his word, to help bring the promise that he had? Because each of us has some kind of a vocation. We may uh -huh. not realize what it is at the moment, but this is a wonderful opportunity to sit back and think, how can I work with this? Now, a couple of things, Luther Small Catechism. Keep it there, go into it, and that's going to be a great director for someone. Also, portals of prayer. I mean, mm -hmm. these come out every, and I've got a copy at my desk. I start my day every day, every day with it. So uh, these are some yeah. opportunities here to fully understand things that you never had the chance to do before. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's a great opportunity. And uh, to, you know, it's, it's one of those, it's one of those things where, God, he makes us all silent, you know, uh, he makes us all, uh, I mean, we all have our opinions on stuff, but this is one of those things where whether you like it or not, it is what it is. And that's just what, you know, we all got to kind of go through it. And, uh, and it's, so it's, so in other words, it's a humbling thing. So it kind of, God makes every mouth, God will have every mouth stopped, you know? Uh, and, uh, so, yeah, so I, I no, I agree that there's uh it's a it's a good it's a good opportunity to use our our, our talents and and I'm I'm I was uh, reading uh, Luther's uh, letter last night I was reading Luther's letter to John Hess 
uh, which is funny. I actually have a parishioner named John Hess, and I gave him, I gave him a copy of this letter by Luther because I thought he'd just kind of get a kick out of it. That you know, here's a guy, a pastor named John Hess in the in Wittenberg, you know, in the 1520s. Luther wrote this letter to him about whether one should flee the plague because there was a, a breakout of the plague back in I think 1527. Um, and uh, but anyway, so then. Then all of a sudden, this this letter by Luther becomes very relevant to us today because of the pandemic. But anyway, I've been reading that letter uh, just while I've been going to, you know, while I'm in bed. And so I usually only read a few pages at a time and I just kind of fall asleep. And But anyway, he's, he talks a lot about, you know, your vocation, your your duty, your your station in life. And some people, their station requires them to be more involved. Um, Absolutely. And, uh, and I want to point you, out also that people can get that letter on uh, at the ILC, International Lutheran Council, ILC.org, uh, I believe it is. And uh, they actually have the letter there. You can go to it and oh, read sure. over it. And it's, it's a marvelous, it's a marvelous resource. Yeah, it is. It's, and it's, it really gives us good perspective from Luther. What's interesting about it, too, though, is it seems that Perhaps there was uh, the, the, the understanding of immunity maybe was not quite as, as, uh, as refined, you know, back in the 16th century. Um, but at the same time, it also shows how they did have a concept of public health. They had it wasn't like they were total cavemen when it came to this stuff like there. You know, we can look back at the Middle Ages like they were just so dark and they had no idea what they were doing as far as. You know, they weren't as medically advanced as we are. And sure, fine, that may be true, but they still, you know, they un they used medicine. They were they had a, a concept of social di distancing. So it's very interesting to read and see how how Luther is is using a lot of he's he's given advice that's very very relevant to us today. Um, but one thing though, I was going to say, which is kind of interesting with immunity. We usually have, have understand that if you have a disease, and then you you recover. You're you're probably not a risk to other people, right? Because you you've gotten over it and you're immune and stuff. And uh, and those are actually the they're the people that they're hoping actually that uh, healthcare workers would be infected earlier if if then later so that they could gain immunity to it and then be able to to do their work. You know that. That was kind of a hope from from uh, from some people, and so it's interesting to see the difference there. Where Luther's advice is, if you've been infected and then you recover from the plague, um, then you should just stay away from everyone and wait for everyone else to recover. Um, but if you haven't gotten it yet, then you should help people out and stuff. And so it's it's an interest it's an interesting perspective there, and and it shows how you know we're just so you know we we no matter what time it is no matter what time period it is we all have duties to do and we all have to love one another and love those whom god has given to us to care for and so so yeah it's very relevant well, there's, there's another issue i wanted to bring up that's related to this um what happens when a family member is struck with this disease may or may not recover and you cannot actually get there to them I, I know, yeah. you know my family's out in new mexico my wife's family she's got grandkids you know two of them two of her 
children live in the St. Louis area. One's in Ohio. One is in South uh, South Carolina. But the same thing. I mean, if one of these, if one of her grandchildren got sick, she couldn't go over there to visit or or comfort the child. Mm-hmm. How do we handle that? Yeah, that's that's tough. Um, we, uh, I guess, we got to make use of whatever situations we have, or what? Excuse me, whatever. Uh, whatever resources we have, you know, with phone and other kind, other kinds of communication. It, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a very difficult thing. And I'm sure that this was something that was, uh, that, it, that people have had to deal with in, in the past as well. You know, you, when you have someone who's sick and highly contagious, um, and people are, can't, can't, uh, gather with that person, you know, I mean, you well, had in the Bible, you, know, you, you had, well, certainly you can pick up the phone or text or do something by you know yeah. email or video but i'm thinking more from the the spiritual aspect from it you know people are going to be feeling really bereft and guilty mm-hmm. even though it's not their fault that they can't mm-hmm. do anything about this so where can they turn for reassurance to not to know that they're doing the right thing that that this is not a bad thing for them yeah uh to look at the review in their catechism, the table of duties, and to be reminded what their what their duties actually are, um, and to uh, to 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 remember that you know when the if the government has has made it impossible for you to visit physically your loved one, um, you know you honor the government. Um, you're not sinning by honoring the government. Now, it would be one thing if the government were to tell you that you're not allowed to speak the truth. Um, well, then, sure, you should defy the government. Um, but uh, but we got We should. We can take some some comfort in knowing that God is the one who has established order in this life, and that He's the one who has distributed our duties. And if you again, are not able to visit someone because of the, the regulations that are set in place by the civil authorities, you should, you should understand that God is the one who's given them that authority to do that for the sake of protecting people from illness. Um, that and, we get this, and, and we get this directly from the fourth commandment. That I think a a lot of people are unclear on that, but I think the the fourth commandment certainly applies to the civil authorities. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it immediately applies to mother and father, but yeah, you're right that then all that earthly authority derives from that authority of mother and father, and so, so yeah, exactly. So you you can't. I mean, there's nothing you more you can do, you know, and I think that. That's a good thing for us to realize that we're not superheroes. We are uh, we we are ordinary people whom God has called to ordinary tasks, and we're limited in what we can do. Everyone is limited, and uh, there's no there's 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 no such thing as a as a as a golden pot at the end of a rainbow, right? There's there's no such thing as you know the the only one who is unlimited in his power is God, and 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 so we go to so so that's. I, it's in those helpless situations that are are the best times to learn that we can pray to God through faith in Jesus to call upon him in the day of trouble pray praise and give thanks and and don't 
let false guilt fall on you because you were not able to visit your loved one because you couldn't visit your loved one. There's nothing you can do about that, you know, unless you were to break the law. And that, and yeah, that would and the be prince wrong. Of, the prince of lies will be sitting here whispering in your ear saying, gee, you should have done this. You should have done that. Yeah. And bear in mind, you know, that that's that's wrong. I mean, that that is, is the wrong message is coming from the wrong person. Yeah. And yes, you're quite yeah. correct about how this whole thing is, everything here is ruled from above. I mean, even Jesus himself, when he was brought before Pontius Pilate, said, Pilate, you have no power except that given to you by my father. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. And that's the comfort. Um, the comfort is not in the law um, that is in, in, in your obeying of the law, but the comfort is in knowing that God is the one who has established this. But, and this is the same God who sent his son to die for you. Um, so so you, you can know that God is not, uh, he's, He's not distant from this. You know, if, if God is the one who has arranged this, then you can know that you are commending yourself to, to him when you kind of submit to the circumstances, so to speak, uh, when you realize that, yeah, okay, you know, I would love to go and visit my parishioners uh, in the nursing home uh, and, uh, and go and bring to them the Lord's Supper and uh, speak to them more one-on-one. But in the meantime, I thank God that I have a telephone. I mean, it's amazing that we have that. Uh, and, and if we didn't have telephones, I would thank God that, that we have some sort of mail service to be able to write, you know, the written word that God has, has given, you know, from the beginning. You know, that, that it's, it's, a, it's a wonderful thing uh, that we ha- And then at the end of the day, you know, let's say there's absolutely no way to communicate. Um, well, thank God that, that we have the word of God in our ears, right, in our hearts, because that's the, that's the real, the, 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 as far as being lonely or not having someone with you, there's, you know, the one you, the only one you really need with you is Jesus. And of course, God works through, he is, you know, we are his masks, right? He works through these different masks, um, of the love of your neighbor to be with you. Um, but, uh, and because he loves you, uh, but, but, Sometimes the test that God gives you is loneliness so that you would learn uh, that you are not alone uh, in Christ, that where Christ's word is, there he is with his good, good grace and spirit, uh, good gifts and spirit. And, and, and so, you, you know, you, you're, again, the test is, uh, we're all under this test. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I would, I would focus on, you know, take, Take take comfort in these two things that God is the one who has given this, has, God is the one who has sent this, um, and uh, and that and that you are not you are you, that 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 any guilt that you feel should not be it shouldn't be a fake guilt, right? Um, but that but that you can you can know that Jesus took away all sin anyway. Um, so that, and that's the thing too about the. The, the the devil likes to place fake fake guilt on us um, and uh, and confuse us into thinking that well you know I wish I could have done more well God's yeah, not going to condemn things, you be, go ahead sorry and I was going to say I mean you you really hit on it I mean this 
it, it's a false sense of guilt. And indeed, yeah. it's coming from the devil. It's coming from the prince of lies. You're following the fourth commandment. You are following things that have been ordained. You've been following things mm -hmm. that, that God himself has laid down for us. No need to feel guilty for it. And if you do feel guilty, remember where that guilt is coming from and just say, get behind yeah. me. And, and also part of the false guilt is, is when people are helping you. Because this is, I think, the lie, one of the biggest lies of the devil is, it, and it all is centered on works righteousness. It's the lie that somehow you, if you are not always helping yourself and being self-sustaining, then somehow you're being bad. You're being, you're doing harm to people and you're being a burden. And this is why this gets to, back to my point about why I think it's important for people to consider to allow people to help them get them groceries and don't just don't let your pride, you know, uh, uh, get the best of you. Um, and don't be, don't be irrational in that in that or inconsistent in that sense. Uh, allow, if you are allowing yourself to be served by the word and accommodated in that way, then allow yourself to be served in other needs as well, if you need them. Right. So, so this, and that's a humbling thing. It's incredibly humbling. I mean, you look at, you look at what we do in the divine service. We go up to the altar and you, most congregations kneel down and take the body and blood of Jesus from a, from some, from a pastor. It's incredibly humbling. Um, and this is what we, this is a situation where God is teaching us all to humble ourselves before one another um, and to, you know, to receive, to receive uh, aid from and help from one another. Because I don't know if you've noticed that where, Maybe you've noticed it in yourself or with others. When when you get helped, when someone helps you, the devil will try to use that as like somehow you should feel guilty then because someone helped you. You know, <laughs> like oh I'm sorry, I'm sorry to bother you. You know, it's like no, no, receive help. You know, the, as as much as it's important to show mercy, it's it's even more important to receive mercy. And if you're not willing to be to receive mercy, whether from your neighbor or from God Himself through His Word. You know, then, then, then that's the devil trying to make you despair and rely on yourself completely. Well, that's the reason we go to church on Sunday. It's, it, it's to receive the gifts there that are given to us, that are mm -hmm. freely given. And I mean, mm -hmm. you're right. It is a tremendously humbling experience. Um, I, I got into a discussion with a uh, friend of mine not too long ago, and uh, the argument was, well, our, not the argument, the, the, the thing was, well, are we proud Lutherans? And my response to that is, no, I'm a humble Lutheran. I'm a thankful Lutheran. Yeah, that's right. I agree. That's, that's what, I've, that's what I, I'd like to say that, too. Um, now, there is, we do boast in the Lord, you know, um, and uh, that's where, you know, that word proud and boast are kind of related and, you know, but, but uh but yeah, you're absolutely right that uh, being a Lutheran is not about it's not about some um, fleshly heritage that we that we brag about. You know, it's not like some German or European heritage that we brag about. It's about uh, it's about our confession that we are so thankful that God has given us the confession of the gospel. Um, and it's not you know it's it's what, what Ephesians two eight and nine. You know, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It is a, a not of yourselves, the gift of God, not by works, so that no one would what boast, right? So we don't we don't boast in ourselves. Um, we're thankful 
that God has made us what we are. You know, we are what we are by the grace of God. And, and again, that gets back well, to what we're saying. That we, every, yeah, we receive. And yeah. God is putting us in a position <laughs> to receive, and that's good. Well, we're, we're coming up to the last 90 seconds or so of the program, and I was thinking that given this situation, given the uh, trials and given the opportunities, I think it would be appropriate for us to end this program with a prayer. Would you lead us in one, please? Oh, sure. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, you reveal in your word that that not a sparrow falls to the sky apart from your will. Uh, through your Son, Jesus Christ, you have taught us not to fear those who can kill the body, but to fear you, who has the authority to send a, a both body and soul to hell. But you sent your Son into the flesh to save us from sin and death and hell. And so we ask that you would have mercy upon us uh, and this plague according to your good and gracious will. Protect those, especially who are more vulnerable and weak. And above all, give us strength, patience, sound minds and, uh, and sober hearts and, and true faith and hope and courage to, to rest firmly on your mercy in your Son, Jesus Christ, and call upon you and expect good from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, amen and amen to that. That is so true. Pastor, I really want to thank you for sharing this with me today or sharing this with our audience. These are trying times, but they can be viewed differently. They can be opportunities, and they can be challenges and opportunities to learn. Thank you so much, Pastor Andrew Preuss from Saint uh, from uh, Gutenberg, and uh, what's the other one? McGregor, Iowa. McGregor. Good to be <laughs> on with you again. Thanks. Okay. Thanks so much. Appreciate it. You've been listening to The Pastor Is In, a weekly chance to chat with a pastor. Your support is vital for this program to continue. To learn about giving opportunities, call Mary at 314-996-1518. You can make a gift safe, secure, and easily online at kfuo.org. Thank you for listening and supporting. The Pastor Is In.